Mm, thank God for coffee. Thank God for coffee. Episode 25. It's a historic one today for two reasons. No, three reasons now. Oh, three reasons. <laughs> three reasons. Three reasons why this is a historic episode. Number one, we cracked the Ethiopian coffee box. So shout out to brother Omar Gonzalez. Uh, we love the Gonzalez family. Um, shout out to them. He sent me a box of coffee that has grounds from all over the world. So we cracked open the Ethiopian. And let me tell you something. Everything that you've ever heard about Ethiopian coffee, true, <laughs> true. I, I, we, I ground, I, man, I can't even talk. I'm so happy. So I, um, I ground the, the, the coffee beans. I put it in the French press and I got asked about the French press yesterday, last night after our YA service. Yes. Thumbs up. Get yourself a, a French press. I'm telling you, it, it, I love it. So I grind up these Ethiopian beans Man, I'm drinking my coffee straight black smooth. It is so good. Not overly acidy. Really, really good. Like smooth. Like I love it. Shout out to Brother Omar and um, Brother Caleb. You need to listen to some podcast episodes. That guy admitted it to me, son. And see, you got to understand, Caleb, Caleb's like a son to me. <laughs> I love, I love Caleb. Okay, I know Gio listens. Gio, tell Caleb I said this. But um, yeah, no, he admitted to me. He's like, yeah, Pastor Jaime. He goes, ah, I haven't listened to any of the episodes for myself. I'll listen to whatever Gio's listening to. I'm like, oh, my Lord, this guy. Missing out, missing out. So that's historic reason number one. We're, eating, we're drinking the, the Ethiopian coffee. Awesome, amazing. Thank you so much for this coffee. Awesome. Reason number two, my son is having his first cup of coffee on the Thank God for Coffee podcast today. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. So, so tell him, son, how you, had, you, were, you would take little sips here and there. So I've had coffee before. Um, but the problem is, and I don't know, maybe this is just a me thing. I, every time I have coffee, it's, it, there's just this horrible aftertaste I can't deal with. I don't know. It feels, it's bitter, it's nasty. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Maybe everyone has it and they just learned how to deal with it. No, but it's a really bad aftertaste. And, I, and that's why I never liked coffee. And that's, that's, I've never, I've always stayed away from coffee. Well, you know what? I know that there's a couple people um, that don't like coffee, but listen to the podcast. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. I love you with all my heart. You have to, you know, endure the first 10 minutes that we talk about <laughs> coffee and the interesting coffee fact of the day. But you know what? I mean, there's a greater purpose of why we're doing this podcast. Amen. And so my son, so let me tell you the third reason why this episode is historic. So we ran through the, the episode 25. We're like about to get into the interesting coffee fact of the day. We were not going to have him taste the coffee. Until we had the, uh, the podcast going. We had a really good like episode for you guys. And then I'm like all like gun-ho about it. And then we look at the, at the MacBook. 
and our board is not connected. It's not connected. So we had to start the episode over again. So I already tasted the coffee. He tasted the coffee. Tell him what you thought. I'm going with the aftertaste, right? Yeah. I don't know what it was. I didn't I, taste I it. I just think he's bougie. <laughs> I just think he's a bougie guy. Like, we love steak. Shout out to Pastor John. If you're listening, Pastor John, shout out to you. That's my best bud right there, Pastor John. We like to have good pieces of steak, good pieces of meat. I can't take my son to Texas Roadhouse. Like, I'll take him, and then he just sits there and goes, this is okay. <laughs> this is dry. <laughs> and I'm like, son. Jeez. Yeah. No, no. So um, I think he's just the same way with his coffee. Oh, maybe. I like to try black, though. You want to try it? Hey, maybe. No, you, I don't think you're going to like it. Not black. No? I don't think you're there yet. You got to master this first. I got to master so, this first? Yes. So his coffee, I prepared it for him. I put uh, some cream, uh, creamer in there. I put a hint of vanilla. And then I put some uh, cinnamon. Real cinnamon. Real cinnamon. Not, not artificial cinnamon. Some real cinnamon in there. And he liked it. It's good. I really liked it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. He wants to try the black. Go for it. You want to do it? it? Go ahead. Do, do not, do <laughs> not spill the coffee on the board. The Whatever you do, you spill the coffee and that's it. Like I'm, just, I'm taking off the belt. Your producer. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. And he's gonna taste it black. I know he's not gonna like it. You, you never know. No, I know. I <laughs> you know, know you. Yes. Do with not the, spill the coffee. With the thank God for coffee mug. Yes. The thank thank God for coffee mug. Let's see. It. It's not bad. I told you. It's it's not the worst. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Wow. <laughs> that's like the tasting table survey. That's the, you know, that's like the coffee bread that's like at 28. We're like, hey. It's okay. I, I think it was like <laughs> I think it was like Maxwell's coffee or something like that. They were like, hey, we hit number 28. Hey, we're not the worst. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, that's funny. Okay, I don't, I don't get the aftertaste. So no, it's really smooth. A, it's it's good. It's just really smooth. And I'm telling you, thank, thanks again, Brother Omar. The Ethiopian coffee is just on point. On point. Okay, let's get into the interesting coffee fact of the day. Mm. I, had to, I had to take a drink of that. Okay, so people... That taste, the consistency of coffee, they look at four major components that dictate the perfect blend. There's four major components that dictate the perfect blend of coffee. What are they? Okay. Acidity? What else? Smoothness. Oh. 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 My son's been paying attention. <laughs> that was the only two I got. Oh, <laughs> close. If you said acidity and smoothness, you were close. Here we go. The four major components of coffee for the perfect blend are... Da, 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 da. Number one, aroma. Number two... Body. Number three, acidity. There you go. And number four, 
Flavor. flavor. Oh man, I should. Flavor. So yes. body, like, how does it look like? No body and like smoothness. Is it bold? Is it oh. is it is it smooth? Is it easy to just you know swallow down? Yeah, take it take it down. So. Aroma, body, acidity, and flavor are the four major components that dictate the perfect blend oh, know of coffee. If you didn't know, well, now well, you do. The more you know. So today we're going to get into the portion of scripture that is so, so famous. Jesus walks on the sea. Awesome portion of scripture, super popular. I mean, people that haven't even been in church know that Jesus walked on water. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we're going to get into this. It's going to be life changing. I believe it in Jesus mighty name. Let's get into it. We're in John chapter six, verse 15. We're going to read from verse 15 to verse 21. So it's only six verses today. Let's get into it. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. He departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because of a great wind was blowing so when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. And they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. All right, let's get into the breakdown. I really want you to see here, verse 15 is, this was, this was one of those verses that I read as a new believer, and it just like about smacked me in the face. We need to get a button there that, that has a whoosh, nice little smack. Because I'll tell you what, I was so, growing up, I have, to, I have to let you know. So, growing up as a small, as a, as a small child, I grew up Catholic. Amen. And if you're Catholic, God bless you. God bless you. If you're part of the Catholic church, I know that there's a lot of people that are Catholic that are listening. God bless you. I, I pray that the Lord, you know, um, that you would receive a lot from this podcast and that God would open up his word towards you. Amen. That's what I, that's what I pray. So I, when I grew up Catholic, I used to believe, and this is just the wrong sentiment that I had. Okay. I was, I was wrong in this. And see, there's, there's moment, you have to understand something. It is okay for you to admit your faults. Like you have to get over your pride to think that you have never been wrong in your life. Like if you live your life thinking that you've never been wrong, you're like, you're super wrong. Amen. So there, you have to understand that as you grow in this life, there has to be moments where you say, yeah, you know what? I was wrong about the way I used to feel about that. And see, I grew up feeling and believing, and, and no one taught me this. This was just my way of putting things together, that the Jews had rejected Jesus, which they did, 
but that the Jews crucified Christ. And I grew up that way. I was like, yeah, the Jewish people, I don't know. They, they rejected the Messiah and they rejected Christ and he went to the cross and, and that was it. But I want you to see here in verse 15, this is this when I read this on my own as a new believer, it smacked me in the face. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. This is amazing. I touched on this in, in earlier episodes. And I'll tell you why. He had just done the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men. Amen? So you have to understand, now the Jews see the power that there is in this man, Jesus, and then they're so compelled by what they witnessed that they want to forcibly grab him and go and make him king. Amen? So you have to understand something. Jesus right here, he, he did not come to establish a kingly, uh, what should I say? I should say a kingdom here on earth. Like we all thought we would. Like if you were to ask me, okay, you're going to make a kingdom. We're going to make a country um, after you, Pastor Jaime. And, and you're going to establish a government and you're going to establish this, this, and that. And See, when he came, he came to establish the heavenly kingdom, heaven on earth. But he wasn't here to establish an earthly kingdom. Amen. And see, you have to understand something. Many times, God is not going to work in your life the way that you think he should work. And I've talked to people about this. I've, I've, I've mentioned it on this podcast. Stop trying to get God to follow your lead. And start getting into the lead of God in your life. And you will see how there is going to be a different dimension of favor, a different dimension of peace, a different dimension of growth and, and maturity in your life when you allow God to be God in your life. Amen. And see, this is the thing is that he perceived it. So he knew what, what they were going to try to do. So instead he departs and he goes to the mountain by himself alone. And see, I love this about Jesus because Jesus is walking out a life to where he's going to leave us an example of what we must follow. And see, it says that he goes and he goes on this mountain to pray by himself. And while he's on this mountain, he's praying. It, it, it had to be hours because it goes from being daytime and then it goes right into, you know, it being dark. And in another portion of scripture, I think it's Luke. It could be Mark where Jesus actually gives the disciples instructions. I believe it's Mark. And he tells them to cross the sea. He tells them to get the baskets. Remember those fragments we had talked about in the last episode? And they take the fragments on the boat with them. That's in another portion of scripture. Here in John, it doesn't mention that. And you might say, well, Pastor Jaime, how come it doesn't mention it in the book of John? You have to remember something. This is John's testimony of what happened and what took place. There are going to be some things that John is not going to remember, that Mark is going to remember, that Luke is going to remember. It's like if we, we had last night, we had a young adult service at our church. If I get three different people and I tell them to give me a paragraph, a paragraph of what happened at the young adult service, I'm going to get three different paragraphs because people are going to remember three different things. 
Does that make sense? So you have to understand that when we read the Gospels, people say all the time, well, yeah, the, you know, the Gospels, they just all say the same thing. No, they don't. They have the same, uh, they talk about the same uh, situations and incidences and stuff, but there's going to be different perspectives and perceptions to what is being written. Because you have different people that are pouring themselves out in these texts. Amen. Now, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. But it, it is written by human hand. But it's the Holy Spirit that authored it through the human hand. Amen. So it's always important to understand this. Now, look at here, verse 17. Uh, it says, well, let's go 16. Now, when evening came, so Jesus has been on the mountain for hours now. He's been praying. His disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark. And Jesus had not come to them. Verse 18. Then the sea arose, arose because a great wind was blowing. Now you have to understand something. These guys were professional sailors. These guys were not people that were afraid of the water. They weren't afraid to sail by night. They were professional sailors. They were people that were, they were fishermen. Amen. So they were not afraid of the sea. Now they're going into the, into uh, the sea. They're, they're, they're crossing the sea to Capernaum. Amen. And now a storm comes, a great wind comes. It begins to blow. Amen. And now they are about three or four miles. The Bible says into the, into the sea now. And there's heavy wind. And I could just imagine the boat is just being rocked here and there. And they're feeling this, these setbacks. And see, this is when, when you start feeling this. And I want to correlate this to our life. And why do I say that? See, they were doing God's work. They were in the things of the Lord. They knew Jesus. They had just witnessed the miracle. And now... They're rowing in the sea, and they're having setbacks. And you might be in a, in a time in your life where you say, Lord, I've accepted you in my heart more than once. I've asked you to work in my life. I feel really good. I'm getting to learn about you. Maybe you just got involved in church not too long ago, and you're feeling God working and moving in your life. But now... You're feeling setbacks. You're feeling hindrances now. Things are coming against you. And you're thinking to yourself, what did I do wrong? And see, this is when you have to remember something. In this life, you were not promised an easy, you know, an easy ride. You know, like, oh, this is just going to all work out and everything's going to go good and we're not going to have any problems. That's not the case here. Remember that Jesus said that we were going to have trials and tribulations and we were going to have setbacks. We were going to have, we were going to know what it was to live on this earth. Amen. So these men are now rowing across the sea. And in another portion of scripture, it says that Jesus gave them instruction to get into the boat and take the baskets of the bread that was left over the fragments that we read in last episode and to get into the sea. Amen. And then this storm, this wind comes, comes against them and see, I love this. Look at verse 19. So when they had rowed about 
road about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. Could you imagine, like, how that would have felt? You look, and they're in the middle of darkness, in the middle of the storm. You see Jesus walking. And see, I want you to know something. I, I preached this message years ago. I think I, I, I was not ordained as a pastor for sure. I think I might have still, I might have been a deacon back then. I preached this message, and I, I remember one day I was thinking and I was praying about this message. And see, this is what I this is what I saw. I saw while I was praying about the message, I saw Jesus. I imagined myself there in the boat with the disciples, and I see Jesus on the sea. I see nothing but darkness. If you are able to close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes right now. If you're driving, God bless you. You can imagine this with your eyes open as you are driving with full attention on the road. <laughs> so this is what I saw when I prayed about this message. I, I saw Jesus walking on water. I saw clouds. I saw darkness. I saw lightning. I saw thunder. I saw, I saw just this boat of the disciples and they're rowing and they're, it, it feels like they're not moving forward. It feels like they're not going anywhere. It feels like they are stuck. And they look out into the water and they see a figure walking on the water. Now, when they see a figure, uh, the other portion of scripture says that they don't recognize him right away. They even, they even say to themselves, look, a ghost. And they're seeing and they're, and, they're, and they're not recognizing right away that it's God that's with them in the storm. And you might be a person right now that you might be going through a storm right now. And, and as you're going through the storm, you might be feeling, I've been doing all the right things. I've been doing everything that God has asked me to. I have been trying to change my life. I have been so good in the things of God. But for some reason now, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm rowing forward. But then the winds come and they just push me back. And you might be thinking, man, the devil is doing this to me. You might be thinking, I'm suffering through this. Because I must have done some mistake. I must have done something wrong in my life. And I want you to know today that that's not the case. I want you to know that it's God operating in the midst of the storm. And you might say, well, Pastor Hyman, how do you know that it's God operating in the midst of the storm? Because it was God who sent them on their way. It was God that told them to cross the sea. It was God that meets them on the water. See, you and I are never going to know that Jesus is able to open up a way where there was no way unless we're going through a place where there absolutely is no way. These men are surrounded by water and it's not just peaceful calm waters. It's the midst of wind of a storm 
and they're afraid. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever been in a season of fear where you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. You don't know. And you're there in the midst of everything. And you're thinking to yourself, Lord, where are you in this? I want you to see Jesus' character. Jesus could have appeared on the other side of the, of, the, of the sea if he wanted to. Jesus could have just crossed through the sea. He could, have, he could have just walked through the whole sea and waited for them on the other side. But that's not who he is. See, God is not waiting for you until you have your whole life together. God has been walking with you through your valley, through your hardship, through your heartache, through your storm, through your setback, God has been walking right alongside your boat. You might have not recognized him. Maybe you've been overwhelmed with fear. Maybe you've been overran with uncertainty. I want you to know that God has been there all along. Look what he said to them. It is I. Do not be afraid. I wonder how they reacted when they realized this is Jesus walking on the water. And I don't have to be afraid. And I want you to see this. Pay attention to verse 21. This is as we close today. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And immediately. I want you to say that to yourself. Immediately. The boat was at the land where they were going. You might say, well, why is that important, Pastor Hyman? Your setbacks will turn into the setup that God was waiting for to take you where you needed to go. There, that season where you were lost, that season of brokenness, that season where you felt that you had no door, is the stepping stone that God is going to use to take you where you need to go. You just have to believe today. I feel that in my spirit. You have to believe. God is telling me today, you have to believe. God wants to take you somewhere. God wants to take this podcast somewhere. Share it with somebody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 25. We love you in the Lord. Thank you so much. I consider you my friend. And I pray for you. God bless you, friend. We'll see you in episode 26.